Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Creep Dive. Here's your host, Sophie White. It's me. Best-selling author, there's Cassie Cassandra Delaney. Best-looking, youngest, and your best under 30. Thanks. I'm Jen O-D-W-Y-E, or... Grizzliest and oldest. Yes! Yes, and has most lawsuits pending. Now, one thing I did want to draw your attention to was Norway. Okay. Now, there's a few different ways to take this story. But mostly... People are angry on the twits. The twit twatters are very angry. Now, it's awkward. I missed the first two words you said. Okay, what do you know about walruses? I know there's a controversial story of walruses happening at the moment that I've not engaged Actually, in. True, yeah. You might remember Wally. He came to our shores. Mm, we yes. didn't kill him. Of course. What we did for Wally instead was to build a, pa- a platoon that he could rest upon because what he was doing is rest up, resting upon small boats and ruining them. <laughs> so things... He was p- suffering burnout. And if... Okay, Very generalization coming. Yes. But Irish people would, I think, naturally be afraid of a big beast like that because we have nothing as alarming, you know, in our own seas. And we have no animals that can kill us other than the false widow spider, which is up and coming, by the way. And the puka. And the selkie and the stray sod. Yes, they, all of which are dangerous. Yes. But just do a quick, as you're listening to me now today, yes. a quick windowsill check for the web, eggs and living individuals by the name of the false widow spider. Mm. And they're called that because they look a bit like... She's a catfish. She's a fucking catfish, yeah. but she still packs a punch. Mm-hmm. So what you're not to do is finger her. Okay. So listen. How would I hold myself back? Let's go back to Norway. Travel up to the northern kind of, you know, where the fjords are. Absolutely. They're very tall. um, I would say, you know, handsome people. Mm. Tough. Yeah. Yes. And that's the problem. Scandi Noir. Scandi Noir. Those toughies have said, I'm going to take a closer look at this walrus. And they've been interfering with her. So she goes by the name of Freya. Okay. Uh, Does she she respond to Freya? it, say again she, she would respond to Freya. Freya they're highly intelligent beasts so and they're also a protective species and she's been spotted lounging upon small uh, water crafts in the Oslo Fjord she is I love the packing, spelling of that Fjord Fjord she's packing a punch and in that she has a body mass of about 600 kilos wow and my goodness you can you it's power that's it's, like six Sebs. Yeah, it's power, isn't it? So, Fuck. And like very... Oh, quick question as an aside. Who do you think would win Polar Bear versus Freya, the walrus? Freya. Freya. In the water, Freya. On land, the polar bear. Ah, oh, see, home uh, field advantage. Well, if you judge a fish by its ability to ride a bicycle... Sorry, what did you say? If you judge a fish by its ability to ride a bicycle. Yeah. Well, that's it. There you go. So Freya had been hanging around there, sinking boats, and she'd attracted a large amount of people wishing to swim and touch. And uh, Freya, as I'll go on to tell you a little bit about walruses after the fact, what they do, they're very naturally playful. Are they? 
Yes, so they'll become well, very they do involved. love the um they love the the oh no that's seals. The little balls. They love the ball on their nose. Yeah, and, and horses. The clapping. Yeah, oh. on a little pedestal. Because of their great mass, I'm not sure if they could clasp much like a T-Rex. They can't clap. They may the hands not don't meet. They may not like be Nicole able Tittman. to. Or Lulu Ferrari. Oh god. So God rest your soul. So anyway, early last Sunday morning, um, after growing public concern, so the Norwegian public had been warned more than five times, could you just stay away from Freya, please? Mm-hmm. Could everyone please stop, 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 please, or we'll have to do something. Yeah. And they couldn't. This last Sunday morning, is it? Yeah, it was. And they just kept gathering and gathering in oh, larger and like larger me numbers. This is trying to have a lie-in in my house on a Sunday morning and exactly what Seb's downstairs trying to do. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure this is going the same direction as well because I am liable to lash out. Well, everyone, so the authorities were becoming enraged as people then took to swimming with Freya and then, much like you were talking about the seal, throwing things at her in the hope that she would balance oh, them upon her yeah. nose. And uh, so it just, also just to note that the, her, well, walrus's tongues can grow as long as a metre. Uh, not Freya's. Wow. Whoa. Um, so they issued a 10, in fact, warnings. And here's the Norwegian uh, Directorate of Fisheries saying, uh, through on-site observations over the past week, it was made clear that the public has disregarded the current recommendation to keep clear distance to the walrus. Therefore, the Directorate has concluded the possibility for potential harm to people was high and animal welfare was not being maintained. So what they did was they shot Freya a number of times in the face. I fucking knew you were going to say that. I hate us. I hate us. I hate people. We are the absolute living end. We're the pits. We're the... Now, Neve's going to get upset about that. Um, We're the living end and it's not acceptable. I fucking cannot... What? People are... So she was shot then and her lifeless body bobbed to the surface and was quickly horrendous moved away on some kind of enormous um gurney in the water so twitter (laughs) just visual of an enormous water gurney (laughs) sorry well it's better than what they did to the orchids remember they just sliced them open filled them with stones and let them sink to the bottom twitter's annoyed uh here's phil demurs rest in peace for the walrus she was euthanized today um, by Norway because she was by- perceived <laughs> as a continued threat to human safety. The real threat, of course, proved to be the crowds. And now Frey is dead. It's abhorrent and unforgivable. It's a serious tragedy. Here's Greg. Frey the walrus, who I photographed earlier this year in Northumberland, has been put down in Oslo, Norway. They deemed her to be a threat because people were getting close to her. Oh, she was innocent. God. Norway should have handled this better. 100%. So, 100%. Look, in, just, just to kind of get back to Wally for a minute. So he was 2021 and he was bobbing around Europe. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Similar to uh, Freya in that irresistible to put his bum on luxury kind of speedboats. And it was yeah. just watching it sink slowly under their smiling, whiskered faces and tusks. And their eyes, if you were to describe kind of what a walrus looks like front on. Um, Not dissimilar to a tapeworm. A lot like a worm. Yeah. I, a hugely distance now between the two eyes, quite a flat front. Mm. And uh, altogether, I wouldn't say friendly, but docile looking creature mm. and as i said like they've no also, major it doesn't even matter if the wars is not docile the Stay... wars can be any fucking way the wars wants to be in her own patch yeah. absolutely her so. little stretch of the earth over there just it's just like like those twins who went swimming during the storms it is it's those it's, it's those people people they can't they're ah! irresistible shoot them in the face not those specifically the I Norwegians who were swimming so I w- then wondered to myself has there been any walrus how dangerous are walruses mm. really I know because they just look like the kind of um, kindly grandfathers of the sea that's it. Well, that's it kind of grandpas and like Dick Strawbridge in the sea Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just handing out yeah. Werther's originals, unable to open them. Uh, I was thinking to myself, Your devotion to a Werther's original is a creep in itself. Well, then, anyway, do tell. Well, now let's set our minds back, and we're in 1996, I believe, 
and a bit of play playfulness from a couple of walruses in a zoo in China ended in absolute disaster. Oh no. So there's a couple of accounts here. A number of newspapers kind of uh, back in 2016 reported this. And they were equally as kind of, I'm not sure this is a translation issue or whether the zoo authorities tried to spin this story. Okay. Anyway, here we are. Walrus drags zookeeper and tourist underwater, kills them both in front of a crowd. Whoa. So here's what I can, here's what I think might have happened. Right. One spectator loves walrus. His one wish was to have a selfie. With a walrus. Yeah. So the zookeeper, the walrus um, specialist individual, Dwayne was his name. The zoo, mm-hmm. What do you call them again? When they're in trainer? Tra- trainer. Was like, okay, sit there, tourist. And uh, the, he had his, um, what do you call it, poncho on. Mm-hmm. And he was he was with his back to the... <laughs> Standard issue tourist poncho. Yes. Gotcha. He was with his back to the pool where the, tour, the, where the walruses were being kept. Yeah. Just an FYI, around their pool, there was a walkway. No barrier at all. Just a kind of an eight foot above mm. thin concrete. Do you path. know what the worst calls it? Um, the buffet. The buffet. Mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, playful as we know they are, wh- the walrus was called up for the selfie with this tourist man and placed his head just here to the right of the <laughs> tourist's shoulder. shoulder. Enormous face. <laughs> then I love it. In a horror spectacle. He misunderstood what was happening. It's hard to describe a selfie to a walrus. <laughs> Stay still. You're, I'm going to make you famous. Uh, he doesn't care. What he did then was begin to play with the man. Again, the word playful and play is used many times in this report. It all sounds a little fishy. Huh? Mm. So the £3,300 walrus um, uh, placed his head and then, <laughs> and then sort of lay atop Oh. Of the tourist in and a playful be, way. It'd be kind of heavy like a small car. It would be mostly a car. Yeah. So the tourist was beginning to panic. In steps the trainer. Get off him. Get off him. This is not a game. Yeah. Uh, then the walrus was like, Grant, he doesn't like this game. I'll try another. Grabbed him by the face. Dragged him into the pool. At this point, Ooh. everyone else standing around in po- ponchos. Some thinking this was part of some kind of elaborate show. Oh, no. Clapping. No. Um, no. Others sensing danger was afoot, turning their children away. Oh, no. Do you know I'd be a clapper, though? Because well, I clap when I'm nervous. Well, the whole... <laughs> Funerals, everything. Oh, God. Round of applause there. And uh, dra- so in he went. Obviously, he was dragged to the bottom. Uh, again, the sea creature hears from expressnews.co.uk. The sea creature dragged its victim under the water while specta- spectators and Zusa staff at the, I'm going to try this, Z- Ziaoju Water Wildlife Park in the Shandong province watched, watched on. Some still believing the spectacle to be playful behavior. <sighs> Before long, the walrus's longtime trainer jumped in. That's Dwayne. He took a dive in oh, and was Dwayne. like, I'm going to get him out. Oh, um, walruses are Dwayne. notoriously playful and he's misunderstood. Oh, no. So um, officials knew at the time that the walrus was playful, but had a mild temper and usually was very, very gentle with um, humans. Not on this occasion. Uh, Not on this highly playful occasion where then the homicide happened. Uh, two, twice, double oh. double tag, t- uh, two of them dead. Uh, so important to note that the creep dive fully believes the worst should never be in the fucking spectacle in the first oh, guys, place. And uh, the worst is doing what the worst does. This is 100% yeah. true. Just, just to take so that Everybody is getting know. too close. But as but, we remember from sea life, they just go into pure overload. And oh. they're like, we need to spin this. Playful. Exactly. So the zoo staff claimed the walrus... In one of the most playful afternoons ever at our <laughs> zoo. <laughs> so the... <laughs> yes. Sorry, we're laughing. This is a disastrous event. No, we're laughing at the PR spin. Okay, the PR spin. Uh, so so uh, the zoo staff claimed uh, both of the men who sadly lost their lives were very strong swimmers. And uh, oh, they died Jesus. because they were hugged too tightly. So the creature wrapped its arms around both men and inadvertently hugged very honestly plunged them again and again into the deep waters accidentally drowning both of them. It's uh, so funny the way you can playful stands in for violent and then hugging is 
Crushing. Crushing. It, the whole thing is a nightmare. And it, it led me then into thinking like, what other animals have, uh, do you know what, do you know what has been tried time and time again from SeaWorld and Sea Lives all across the world? Those under the sea. Um, tubes. Tubes. They've been a huge yeah. success. We have no crushing oh. that I've been found oh, from an under, I even then watched a lady, if you wish to go to an under the sea hotel, you can do so for two and a half thousand euro. A night. Fuck no. A night. And what you're doing is you scuba dive. She could and- stay in Dublin for that a night. Why would you want to? <laughs> Absolutely, Kath. <laughs> yeah. You could scuba dive 100 feet below, enter a hotel decorated in 1970s shag carpet on the walls. Lovely. And bed sheets that have never been changed. And uh, you could do that anyway. So back to the wars. And I was like, okay. that's as interesting. Ha- I want the, what's the one thing you'd love to see in an aqua park? And a great white yes. attacking. Okay, yeah. A great white shark. Yeah. They attacking immediately die. The second part. It's they tried it ten times, nearly ten times all over the world. They c- need so much space. They just die within a day. They immediately know that is so them, isn't it? Yeah. So them. They're just they're you know obstreperous. Obstreperous. Word obstreperous. of the day. Always very known obstreperous. Yes. So I was deep in that, watching like some, the longest living uh, great white to ever be in captivity was something like 48 hours. Wow. Knowing well that their life would be shite. They just take a turn, float upside down, belly up. And what was the, do they have any sense of the cause of death? No, they weren't there for that long. So just literally just, just pissed themselves off into death. That's it. So the, pissed off with this. The world, the world, the one that lived the longest, uh, w- fantastic story about how he was captured he was about 10 feet 10 or 12 feet long I think it was a male it was a pretty young great white God, that's quite small all mm. of it very small sorry great white openly disappointed but, over it, but do you know why because yeah. they needed to bring him up three flights of stairs so he needed to be small enough to me <laughs> to you so they brought him so they brought they got him into the back of a van like just under the arm yeah basically oh my god four lads and uh, and he was in one of those kind of white rubberized gurneys again and they brought him up the four flights of stairs dumped him into the tank and they were like god good job but didn't eat every single other species in that tank with them. So that tank was... There was other things in yeah, there. huge groupers and various other types of shark. Like. Pools. And <laughs> it was one of those enormous tanks that had the tube running under, which is uh. why they had to get them up the four flights of stairs to uh. me, to you. But they did it. Then they ended up shooting him because of his eating so much valuable fish. Jesus. It why is nightmare we, why are we after like nightmare. Isn't it? Why are we like why this? Why are we like this? No wonder they're eating us. We should go. I can't wait for extinction. Mm. We deserve it. If you're interested, there's a video of... Um, I, I, there's a couple of videos that per, that suggest they're of the walrus dragging the tourist in uh, to the water. <laughs> but um, it's poor quality. Is all I'll say about oh that. Oh, God, uh, God. So, yeah. So, there's loads of stuff going on this week. Massive. There is, you There know. is. And another thing that they found out this week. Uh, loads of monkeys using small stones to masturbate with. Wow. Oh, wonderful, isn't it? They okay. couldn't feel a particular type of rounded pebble kept going missing. <laughs> I think we're in Indonesia. And uh, they were like, wait a minute. What is he? D- oh God, you know what? Sorry, I'm on one again. No, no, no. Come back. Wait. Right. Wait, stay yeah. on. What does the stone look like? Are they using it's a rounded multiple? pebble? Is um, it? Wait, who's masturbating? Both. Cis the, women or cis men? Uh, cis men, I think initially, they were, right. we, they were doing it very kind of publicly and they were like, what is he so got So how are they doing it? They're like wrapping pebbles around their so shaft? What I could think, I could see was that there was a couple of pebbles in a hand creating sort of a smooth stones that he was then riding in his fist mm, okay like a very rudimentary so really? flashlight but the women were finding a pointed um yeah a pointed oh, I can imagine yeah no one knows why so careful though not too pointy not too not too pointy but lots of um frottaging happening over there it's just a spectacle and it's fantastic because when you can't get pleasure from others tis only your best hope to be pleasurizing yourself. And there's no shame in that. Sure, there isn't, ladies. There is a, a story from the Daily <laughs> why, Mail. Why are you even bringing shame into this? This story from the Daily Mail in 2021. A uh, first wild chimp to use a man-made object as a sex toy is discovered after male animal is seen by researchers using a plastic bottle. Oh! Ah. Do you know, I once watched a gorilla fuck a frog to death. 
Uh, Put that in. I think I've spoken about that in the podcast before. You have actually have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like daily. And then did I probably tell the story about the myself Fine, and you Delphi? You frog to death. Small, yes, yeah, I, I did in fact do that. And I still is the probably my greatest regret. Anyway. <laughs> Do you so, want to oh, leave have, it out there? No, no, I have one more thing to say. It's gone out of my head. It'll come back while, as soon as one of you start talking, it'll come to me. Okay, Great. Scotland. Nothing. Okay, you sure? Have you got anything? Story-wise. Oh, yeah. I do, yeah. Would you like to hear? I've got a literary fraud. Wait, wait, I've got a creep oh. of the week. Quick creep okay. of the week. All right, creep all right. Because it is funny. Okay. I actually thought it was supposed to be funny, but it's not. Oh, no. Scottish group appoints... Man as first ever period dignity regional Oh, lead. I heard this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what is that about? Do you mind me asking? Could they not find anyone who is period who is menstruating? Was there no one around? I wanted. To, so I felt like reading this in the best possible faith ever. Yes. You know, obviously, it's not only women who menstruate, for sure. But this truly seems to be a cis man who's in charge oh, yes. of the period dignity no doubt campaign. About it. Yes. Like Hence truly. The uproar. Yes. So, Unless we're all yeah. wrong. Do you want to hear a quote from him? What's yes. his name? Jason Grant. Ew, um, period. Even if, his, even if his name was something like Jason Clotty Giant Blood Clot. Yeah, yeah. I would still have trouble with this. Come but on. Okay, so he says, I think being a man will help me break down barriers. What barriers? Reduce stigma and encourage more open discussions. Although affecting women directly, periods are an issue for everyone. We'll also raise awareness of the menopause. Oh. He puts the men in menopause, um, which although a natural process. Although. What's the that What is the... Carry on. It's still icky. Although a natural process for women has wider repercussions in the world of work and family. You can leave it there. We're not recording on video. Fine. Go on, so That's it. That's it. Jason Giant Bloodclot is now the period now, president of Scotland. Do you believe that this could have been wrong place, wrong time for Jason? <laughs> <laughs> but he is wearing a red t-shirt. Well, that's something. So maybe you, that's what happened. He just strayed in front and they said, That nice. guy looks like a period. <laughs> <laughs> now I really like he looks a bit ashamed of himself in everything I've seen he why are they like, doing no, so much press around it expression that's like I know can't believe it either this is a real like this is a real admin job to roll out a project why <laughs> has it gotten so much why did they do a press release because he's a that man. was the yeah that was he's drawing big... attention to periods and then in fairness it's working I think that I can picture the pitch meeting and I can no, I know where this all came about I can associate they were like we need just in the way that we need men to be calling out male violence and misogyny and you know I see where you're going with other like damaging systems of patriarchy you know to convert the other men need to convert men to this guys I I feel that they were like oh do men need to convert men to periods as well I think periods need men. Do they so? No. No. Absolutely not. There's I think many they got, I think around they the world. I think they completely jumped the shark in the meeting. I presume that there wasn't a menstruating person to, within 20 feet of this meeting. I'll tell you why. Because the women were fucking busy. And Jason had been sitting there for weeks. No jobs. And everyone was flat out having absorbed all the parking jobs. And then someone was on parking, heating... You know, all the rest of the shit. And they were fucking flat out. And uh, it came up. Sharon, any room in your gusset for this period gig? Nothing. Nothing. What about you, Stephanie? Mm. Nothing. Seamus? No, I'm not doing that one. Jason? Hi, I've just arrived. And uh, do I, I, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, yeah. I mean, more power. It just well, doesn't seem like he's going to, you know, do it with gusto. You know, I'm just reading the, the the job description said that it should, the, the successful track, the candidate needed a successful track record of engaging and empowering a large range of people from a diverse range of cultural and socioeconomic backgrounds, in particular cool. young people who menstruate. So it's obviously a job that was posted about engaging with lots of different stakeholders to lobby policy and to get certain, you know, systems protected. So they're trying to ens- enshrine the legal right to 
free period products Definitely. to implement well, they illegal. Have that in Scotland. I think it's about how they're going to implement it. Oh, it's the it? implementation. Yeah. Do we have that here, lads? No, we no. don't. No, not so free. So Scotland is progressive on period matters. Fair play to them. And they're so progressive, they said, let's have a man do it. <laughs> so, right, he's Creep going to be the, the person who's just... Scotland. Scotland. And Norway. And Norway. And this it's guy. Ireland too. Like, what are we up to in Ireland? Desperate stuff. <laughs> this guy on... You know, I've spent a lot of the week on TikTok. I was having some laugh with this that guy. Was the most evergreen statement ever. And I, he, what he's doing is going around sticking signed copy stickers on books in bookshops. And he's uh, after hitting Anne Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. So I love oh, that for everyone. That's lovely. very What good. a lovely, because you know, someone like myself would be in picking that up. <laughs> That's great. She must be all right. Yes. All right. Gifting it to friends and family alike. It's been I a wild week. That, oh, this is a good lead into your literary yeah. creep. I heard that Neil Jordan, as a bit of a lark, was signing copies of his book and signed them, started signing them Donald Trump <laughs> and other whimsical names that aren't Neil Great Jordan. idea. Because no one's going to look that closely <laughs> were, at it. People were annoyed. Upset. I would be too. Oh God, mm. lads, Donald Trump and the Mar-a-Lago fiasco is the funniest shit ever. Just want to cover my ass there. I might have gotten all of the names wrong in that last story. <laughs> Could have been Donald signing Neil Jordan. Yes, <laughs> Back to Donald's mad crack. And did you hear about Ivana Trump dying Wait, in the... Ma- what, what, what's the Mar-a-Lago story? Oh, well, they raided the uh, golf club that he kind of lives in most of the time. Because he accidentally, on purpose, brought home 11 boxes of classified information. Ah, uh, look, that would happen, though. I, you know, it's <laughs> hard. Just chaos packing. He left in a flurry. Chaos packing. He exactly. left in a flurry. But the weirdest shit ever is he burying his ex-wife on his golf club. Oh. In this bizarre... Un- and no one could figure out why. And I'll tell you why. Tax. tax. Avoidance. So there was some sort of tax thing whereby he saved a few bob yeah. by stuffing her in his garden. Yeah, it's probably green fees for the graveyard. And he was like, I own a golf club. I'm already paying green fees. Fuck that. She's going in the corner. She's going on the ninth hole. And I was like, this is great. Everyone's in agreement. He's a fucking disaster human being. And I was like, yeah, well, you'd think that in Ireland. And most people would be of that belief. Most people. Except yeah, I no, don't know, Jen. Yeah. not Bob Geldof or Bono. Oh, Bob's in now. So Bob and Bono mm. have been singing... At fucking who's your one of Iva- Ivana's husband Gerard Kushner's some event Ivanka's no Ivana name of God lads can Ashen. there be no nothing sacred I was about to say no everyone has a price Jen it's true so yeah oh, isn't yeah. it um okay Cassie oh, let's give us some literary fraud because okay, honestly there's really foot. little I love more. It's you, true. I think you'll yeah. enjoy this one, right? So um, this is this is the story of a book that was published in 1971. Mm. It was the height of satanic panic, and this <gasps> book was. Oh yes, you know this on. one. This book was one that was written and distributed and then banned in an order to keep children away from drugs because drugs are even lead to all sorts of bad 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 things what is this story is it like selling satan what's it called go ask alice is the name of the book right Ah, okay different so when it first was released the author listed on the cover was anonymous um the first page featured sort of a authenticating framework um a very elaborate one explaining that this book was the actual diary of a 15 year old although the names and dates had been changed in order to maintain the anonymity of the of the writer the diary according to its unnamed editors was highly personal and a specific chronicle and they hoped that it might provide insights into the increasingly complicated world in which we live yes right. i i read this book when i was pretty young yeah get out of here yeah and it's you know saying had it? terrible impacts not you're wrong about, maybe it was you're wrong about or maybe it was decoder sele- was it the, i think so. it's it's brilliant anyway the book sounds the book is so I'll give you a, i'll give you yeah sexy I, and i've read not this book but books like this that it's i know really the hardest sell on drugs i've ever read yeah because it's just <laughs> it's, really it's just your classic chronological you take one drug and the next thing you're a child prostitute so like 
That's the Careful. story. Paracetamol can lead to desperate, desperate things. Um, free love. So the narration. No, not that I'm equating child abuse with free love. Well, oh God, you don't need to. Out. No, no. This Why is am I providing dive. so many sound bites <laughs> for my own demise? Please continue. The narrator is unidentified. <clears throat> so she's not named Alice. The book's title chosen by the publishers comes from a reference to the diary in Alice in Wonderland um, and a Jeff- Jefferson airplane song. So the exactly so the early entries were um, very much bland teenage life nothing everything just you know fretting over normal teenage girly things it's like sleepover at dawn's house okay yeah babysitters club then sort of quickly. Sh- just shifts into um, an epi- like Prozac Nation but set in the 70s yeah so uh, like she describes like the high school as lonely cold um, she's from a middle class uh, overtly Christian good family with two younger siblings a stay at home mom and an academic father whose work takes the family to another state right so here's the here's spoilers the plot of the entire book in 1968, a 15-year-old girl begins keeping a diary in which she records her thoughts and concerns about issues such as crushes, weight loss, sexuality, social acceptance, and relating to her parents. So it's set in 1958. 1968. 68, gotcha. The dates and locations mentioned in the book place its events as occurring between 1968 and 1970 in California, Colorado, Oregon, and New York City. They the have two, all the best roads. Yes. Yeah. The, the two towns in which the diarist family reside during the story are not identified and only described as being college towns the writer's father a college professor accepts a dean position at a new college causing the family to relocate the writer has difficulty adjusting to her new school but soon becomes best friends with a girl named beth when beth leaves for summer camp the diarist returns to her hometown to stay with her grandparents she meets an old school friend who invites her to a party there living with your grandparents as we know like from from Jeffrey yeah. Anything goes. Yeah. Is that why? They're lucky to have survived. Because they're disconnected from things like the internet. They don't know about the drugging. They don't know they about don't the know drugs. They don't know about the dismemberment in the basement. They're yeah. hard of they hearing. They just think that smell is what young men the in their 20s smell like. Exactly. The and would they be wrong? So it's when she's at the party that there are glasses of Coca-Cola, some which are laced with LSD, are served. So she unknowingly ingests LSD and has an intense but pleasurable trip. Over the following days, the diarist socializes with the other teens from the party, willingly uses more drugs and loses her virginity while on acid. She worries that she may be pregnant and her grandfather has a minor heart attack. Overwhelmed by her worries, she begins Wait, to... Wait, they're not connected. Not related. <laughs> no, this is just a... This is the cliff notes. Overwhelmed by her worries, she begins taking sleeping pills, first stolen from her grandparents, then later prescribed by her doctor upon returning home. Her friendship with Beth ends as both girls move in new directions. The writer befriends a hip girl, Chris, with whom she continues to use drugs. They date college students Richie and Ted, who deal drugs and persuade the two girls to help them by selling drugs at schools. When the girls walk in on Richie and Ted stoned and having sex with each other, they realise that their boyfriends were just using them to make money. The girls report Richie and Ted to the police and flee to San Fran. Chris gets a job in a they boutique. They report Richie and Ted after. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. For everything Richie and Ted did for them. Mm. Sorry, did they walk in on Richie and Ted having sex with each other? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they were boyfriends and Ke- Chris and Alice were beards. 
Oh, that's yeah. hard. And Pill meals. to swallow, isn't it? Yeah, but and they still meals. made great money. Well, that's mm. true, fools. <laughs> Cutting off your nose to spite your face. Yeah, so after they run away to San Fran, Chris gets a job in a boutique with the glamorous older woman, Sheila. Sheila invites both girls to lavish parties where they resume taking drugs. One night, Sheila and her new boyfriend introduce the girls to heroin and brutally rape them while they're under the influence of the drug. Jesus. Traumatized, Fuck. the writer and Chris move to Berkeley where they open a jewellery shop. And although the shop is successful, they grow tired of it and miss their families and return home for a happy Christmas Hops skipping a jump from sexual assault to jewellery shop still, yeah, I know, they're still only and then like they get 16. bored yeah they've then, already they've still got a, a startup under their belts it's yeah they've got a heroin addict yeah. ha- sorry heroin habit yes. to nurture they've dobbed in a couple of yeah they're doing all sorts of sleeping pills LSD all the time and now they've set up Jupy yeah <laughs> So back at home, the writer encounters social pressure from her drug scene friends and has problems getting along with her parents. Chris and the writer try to stay away from drugs, but they have relapses and they end up on probation after being caught in a police raid. The writer gets high one night and runs away. She travels to several cities hitchhiking um, partway with a girl named Doris, who is a victim of child sexual abuse. The writer continues to use drugs, supporting her habit through prostitution, sex work. Obviously, prostitution is the word that's here experiences homelessness before a priest reunites her with her family now determined to avoid drugs she faces hostility from her former friends especially after she calls the parents of one girl who shows up high for a babysitting job Uh, the writer's former friends harass her at school and threaten her and her family they eventually drug her against her will and she has a bad trip resulting in physical and mental damage she's sent to a psychiatric hospital there she bonds with a younger girl named Babby who has also been a drug addict you look at me like this is Cliff from Sophie's life so (laughs) released from the hospital the diarist returns home finally free of drugs she gets along better with her family makes new friends and is romantically involved with Joel a responsible student from her father's college she was worried about starting school again but feels stronger with the support of her new friends and Joel in an optimistic optimistic mood she decides to stop keeping a diary and instead discuss her problems and thoughts with other people end of diary which oh, would be fan what? just a mad story a except then huh? then before the book is published, they add an epilogue that states the subject of the book died three weeks after the final entry. The diarist was found dead in her home by her parents when they returned from a movie. She died from a drug overdose, either accidental oh. or premeditated. Oh dear. So now, it, it was sold as a true diary. diary. It was see. sold as non-fiction. Of someone from, it, so she was 15, 1968 to nineteen seventeen, from the ages of 15 to 17. Two years. She ticked a lot of boxes. I know. I wonder how she did in her exam. How is the priest down under? <laughs> Where inter- did he meet her, do you think? I don't know. Uh, somewhere she was doing, down and out in her luck. Yeah. So I'd say he met her confession. during her line of work. Confession. Mm. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Mm. So it's just one of those classic, elaborate crazy teenage stories like, where drugs are absolute, evil and lead yes, to no the doubt. worst like yes, lead worst to sexual scenario. assault lead to sex working so when and eventually that, and then death. she died bit added in so before her last the diary is obviously entirely <clears throat> written from her perspective and then before it before it was published so her last I don't know what the last words of the book are, but like her so last thing. So it's published with this. So it's published with this uh, note. Her last words of the book were something like, <laughs> nothing can stop me now. God's on my side. And then. Yes, yeah, something to that effect. And then it's like, oh, dramatic reversal. Yeah. Three pages later, she did. That's Unfortunately, hard. Right? Yeah, do you remember reading that as a te- as a young teen? Were you I wasn't. A, I wasn't that young. I actually read it when I worked in a bookshop because I worked in a secondhand bookshop. Oh, I remember I that remember, creepy bookshop. Yeah, and it was actually after my breakdown. Which yeah. was drug induced, as we all know. And how did you find what? reading it? Were you like, yes? Yeah, I think at the time I was trying to read anything that described drug induced psychosis. Gotcha. Right. So that I could have a little it me moment. And, and I was usually looking for some kind of you know, positive, happy ending. Kind mm. of, you'll come through this. Did you mm, recognize so it? Did, did it Here's your positive. Did it feel real when you were reading it? Did you, did you, swat, did you buy it the fact that? It felt a bit kind of like, you know, that kind of whole scared, straight kind of, yeah, okay. Uh, kind of culture. You know, yeah. the way they've loads of like TV shows and things like that. Like it, it just reminded me of the kind of slightly like moral panicky, alarmist kind Satanic of rhetoric yeah. around say, ecstasy in the 90s that yeah. we would have grown up with die where it was just constant like one pill and you will teens die teens dancing themselves to death don't drink water dehydration but don't not drink yeah, water like, don't forget to drink water but don't drown <laughs> don't or to internally yeah. drown guys 
And I guess like I found that message extremely unhelpful because the second that I like did pills and didn't immediately die, you I was like, like oh, well, well I, truly I'm now distrusting the entire message because drugs are great. Yeah. Mm. It always um, reminds me of um, the comedian Bill Hicks. Hicks used to have like a lot of interesting kind of uh, discourse around drugs that big that overarching message of like drugs are bad being really way too simplistic and also and counterintuitive yeah. yeah anyway sorry when the book was released then in 1971 it was a publishing sensation international bestseller it was translated into 16 languages and it, its success has often been attributed to the timing of the publication at the height of the psychedelic era when the negative effects of drugs were becoming a public concern mm. um it was also a ya phenomenon at its time when that sort of genre hadn't been fully you know explored yet and we didn't you know there was very few options for people to read and it was very much aimed at teenagers so um libraries had difficulty obtaining and keeping enough copies of the book on the shelves to meet demand the 1973 television film based on the book heightened reader reader interest and libraries and they had additional copies of the book every time the film was broadcast so by 1975 more than three million copies of the book had been wow. sold um as much as the by 1979 the paperback here. edition had been reprinted 43 times like just a huge success mm. um so where did the book how did the book come to be in the hands of publishers how did the diary come to be in the hands of publishers if it was from a genuine teen girl well the book was originally presented by a woman called beatrice sparks and sparks coincidentally also an author hmm. she was the author of a book called the art of womanhood and she was a mormon housewife um she also had another book called the key to happiness which offered advice on grooming comportment um self-discipline voice high sc- uh, and and all voice. this voice i guess just like how to be more feminine and Keep complicit sweet. and how to Mo- be sweet she was a mormon mom she was m- wow i'm really caught on that detail yeah a mormon uh, housewife yeah because you know all the mormon mom insta drams that are happening yeah and how the kind of it, as it turns out the mormon empire own huge swathes of business in the u.s and they 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 kind of control a lot every of money. marinating in Mormonism at the moment. It's and fabulous. So it's funny I feel like that it's I was everywhere. like, I'm going to. I was like, I'm going to do a creep on Mormonism because I'm watching Under the Banner of Heaven. Yes, which is oh. fucking class. Oh, Andrew Garfield. I mean, I know I talk about him all the time, <laughs> and I actually get quite teary when I watch his performances and when I even think about him. Sometimes just in my on my own, yeah. inside my own head. No doubt, he's the Tom Hanks of our generation. Do you think? Except think overlooked. Well, not enough. No, he's... Too much? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, tell us about Beatrice Sparks. No, we have to talk about the Mormon element. Beatrice, like, this makes total sense if it was Beatrice kind of stuck in the Mormon life, writing how to be good, but then on the flip side, salivating over the bat. Because, like, the success of Go Ask Alice was that it was titillating, you know? Under the kind of... You know, was there sex in it? Guys? Under the guise, oh of yeah, being, lots yeah, of yeah. sex. Um, under the guise of being like, you know, a kind of a morality tale. It was also yeah. a masturbatory aid. Yeah, I mean, obviously, mm. at thirteen, like everything it is pretty much anything can be. But you take a break from running your Mickey up and down the radiator, closing it in the fridge. fridge yeah. Perhaps you <laughs> could spend the evening with a head. I'd say it was the girls reading it. Oh, Probably, no, oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Frotaging away. Although yeah. I'm not... Well, you've read... Like, are the sex scenes in it sexy? Or are they a bit... I sh- say it's grim, but... Like, well, yeah, it's been years. Like, yeah. it's a bit sad it would take to be, like, very over 15 years. But at like, that age. Yeah. For it not to be sex. I mean, really and truly. Yeah. So... Yeah. Just I mean, any mention well, of sex, Well, exactly. Really. Yeah. That yeah. would do it. Set them off. Um. So, Beatrice... Sparks, born Beatrice Ruby Matthews, was born in 1917 at a mining camp near railroad running through Idaho. Like, she has an interesting life. Her mother and her father were raised her and all of her siblings in Utah. I think she had three siblings, not four, four siblings. Scandalized 
the town by getting a divorce in like nine, you know, nine, somewhere around 1920, 1930, oh right? So, um, Beatrice joined her mother working in a restaurant uh, then after she dropped out of high school. But by 18, had made her way to Santa Monica, where she took another way she's going to drop and fell in love with a Mormon from Texas named Lavorne Sparks. They married and moved to his hometown to start a dry cleaning business. He made a lucrative investment in um, the Permian Basin, which is like oil rigging, I guess, mm-hmm. made loads of money. And that made, gave them enough money to move off to L.A., so um, she started publishing poetry, plays, and even advice columns, sometimes under her own name, sometimes under the name B Sparks, sometimes Busy B, and sometimes under Susan Lavorn. Um, when her oldest son went off to college, the family moved into Provo, Utah, which is... Mormon City. Mormon mm. City. And, and the do, home to the Provo push. But also, know. did you know the fraud capital of America? Not surprised. Not surprising. Go on the Mormons. <laughs> There's just, it's just a wash with MLMs. Okay. Ooh, and yeah. actually. What's MLM again? Multi-level marketing. Latter-day scammers. Gotcha. Yeah. So she actually got involved in one where she was writing essays that were recorded on vinyl and sold in Podcasts. five album sets. The OG podcast. And they, but they were like, um, sold by the Family Achievement Institute, where the content was wholesome content about how to maintain family unity and teach your children character. She did that with a um with a man called Art Linkletter. Now, Arthur Link Linkletter. Linkletter. So he was known for. Sounds familiar. Because I think he worked on the program. He said he was became famous for kids say the darndest things and mm-hmm. um, so i think he was well known in publishing and media at the time and there's richard linklater as well mm. that you think, you know? so was he a canadian born american radio and television personality could have been 1933 to 2010 no he would maybe yeah that must be him Arsh linklater yeah anyway so um it was all going well with those selling those record things, but the project was short-lived because his youngest daughter died by suicide and he blamed her death on LSD. So he ah. had began this campaign against using psychedelic drugs, which he took all the way to the White House and was one of the people involved in Richard Nixon's huge presidential um, sort of campaigning war on, on war on drugs, right? Ah. So Beatrice knew Linkletter... Were they friendly? Like they she, were she friendly. Really cared that his very good friends. Yeah, so and he worked in publishing. So she took this diary that she found. So I was, uh, also Wait part of her work as a Mormon housewife when she was writing all these like books on how to be happy, or whatever. Was she began counselling troubled teens? Well, that's it. You were saying she was an agony aunt. An agony aunt. So she was receiving all this. Juice. Even though she was not a qualified therapist, she was a counsellor. A counsellor. We all met them. She started. She started purporting herself as a therapist. She gave the book to Linkletter, the diary, saying that she had gotten it from a person that she was counselling. And he then went on to sell it to the publishers that originally published it. And all would be well, right? So at the time then, she wanted credit on the book for like editing it. So she said that she changed the dates and whatever else put to, it together to put it together yeah. to kind of you know keep people anonymous and keep people protected and whatever but the the, the the bulk of it was true and all would have been well if she had just stayed out of it and stayed anonymous irresistible but to, the to ego, receive the acclaim though no? yeah she'd been stewing privately for years yeah. because of the success of the book exactly and she couldn't she couldn't the wrong she wasn't a nanny and she was or anything like that right so she quickly published two more books of the same vein, revealing herself as the author of the original book. And were they any good? Well, revealing herself as the editor of the original book. And it's not the author. She's saying that she just edited it, right? The first was published in 1978 and was called Voices. And instead of a single diary, it offered four teenage testimonies. Mark confessing suicidal thoughts. Jane 
re- revealing what it was like to be a runaway drugged into sex dragged into sex work and drugs Millie describing how a teacher took advantage of her and introduced her to lesbianism and Mary telling the story of being brainwashed into a cult and then deprogrammed Sparks claimed Beatrice claimed that the narratives were constructed from interviews with kids in these cities but readers of the book notice that the four voices were similar to another the writing style was very Alice. similar and also very similar to the supposedly singular voice of go ask Alice mm. now B Sparks yeah would it have been the ravings you- of a hysterical Mormon wife's wife but it's seduced into lesbianism oh, that's what I mean so would do, are we arguing here that there's no where there's no way it would have been the success that it was if it had been if fiction we knew it was B yeah oh no 100 percent. no way it's just like um, so because it, we, you, they had to be like the part of the appeal I guess it. was the anonymity of it yeah and do you remember our friends friend friends friends Frey. Frey, Frey. Frey. Jonathan Frey? No. Mm. Jason Frey? Who's this now? The guy, his oh. book was called A Million Little, Little Pieces. Pieces. Yes. Okay. And Cass did him before. That's and it right. Was, and do you remember Oprah gave him a scolding? I will never forget that. Oprah scoldings now. Rough. James Frey. Do you James know who Frey. else she scolded? Your man with the testicular cancer. Well, I was about to say, that's actually what it, that was what going to be my suggestion for tonight. Oh, that's to a To watch good. the scolding. That's a very Oh, very good. Sorry, um, this is the main feed, so you guys wouldn't know. I, I'm yeah, assigned that it's that already happened. Of course. Now, <laughs> tell me this and tell me no more. Like, were people angry? Like, it's well, been a Well, hold long on, time not yet. Passed. Not okay. yet, because the they're starting to kind of, like, think that maybe she is heavily editing these things before I think they suspect that she's actually just fictitiously writing them, right? So... Things started to really unravel. A few months later, Beatrice was back in the diary business with a book called Jay's Journal. She claimed in the book's introduction that a woman had read an article about her, then called her to ask if she would take the journal belonging to her son, a deceased 16-year-old who had a genius level IQ, and use it to expose the dangers of drugs. Witchcraft. See, oh. in fiction, we call this a meta narrative. Oh. Mm. What does that mean? So, <laughs> like when it's a kind of a book within a book. And the inside the book, you're trying to kind of construct a sort of a reality oh for God. this, okay. quote unquote, real document. Grant. Yeah. So accepting the task, Beatrice sorted through the boy's possessions, interviewed his friends and teachers and organized his journal into more than 200 entries. A small disclaimer on the copyright page, which is the small print that nobody would read, indicated that times, places, names and some details were changed to protect the privacy and identity of Jay's family and friends. Grant. Yeah. Right. In fact, such changes, the boy's hometown, Pleasant Grove, became Apple Hill. A local restaurant called the Purple Turtle became Blue Moo. Um, they were just, <laughs> Both they crap, became, FYI. they became little breadcrumbs for those who wanted to track down the book's real characters. Much like the two Johnny's catfishing story and how the details helped everybody untitled to figure out who the real people are. People were looking at these kind of details and managed to figure out that... Jay's journal was actually the account of a man named Alden Barrett. Two decades after Jay's journal was released, his younger brother Scott published, self-published the actual account of Alden's life and the events surrounding his suicide. So in, we knew that, that Jay had died by suicide after apparently engaging with the occult. So in Scott's book... He describes his brother as an aspiring poet who excelled at debate but suffered from depression. It reproduced images and transcripts of all the entries in Alden's actual diary. According to Scott, Beatrice drew on only about a third of them, fabricating nearly 90% of what she published, including entries about how after being sent to reform school, Jay learned to levitate objects, um, attend midnight orgies, and was possessed by a demon. So... Alden's diary does not mention the occult, but according to Scott, um, his brother smoked some pot, studied Hinduism, and once played with a Ouija board. Oh, so any one of us. His real, <laughs> yeah. The thing about this is, B is ha- a good writer. Get, get, you know, I don't think she's doing anything wrong here, Well, if she's, no, purporting it as... Question? 
purporting it as fact is wrong, right? Yes, but, but it's the still real, a rollicking good time. <laughs> it is. It's still a good read. But the real story here is that, you know, Alden's issue, according oh, to Scott, yeah. was that he was he didn't agree with the Mormons, right. the Mormon family faith, the family's Mormon Hence faith, the witchcraft, and his opposing to the Vietnam Vietnamese War. Okay, so. Like, it's like they were an all, a good all-rounded kind of yeah clearly individual and yeah like all of these things he did were perfectly reasonable things yeah. and then yeah. they were recast as a you know but devil had, worship but I he guess. had to, he had taken his life had he he was he, he had, had died, died yeah by the time this had come so out. like but but oh, she takes so these she takes sad. the detail to yeah. mine a person who right, died she might but, and, but, and then construct all these mad things like that he had gone to a demonic mass featuring black candles bloodletting and a kitten sacrifice um, where do again. they go on I'm gagging to go to one of those and I yeah. have no idea how to source I it I haven't invited you to any obviously there would be so. a tread on tattle to that now, there would now now so she had also we must she she was not thinking clearly she had been sort of wronged in that she hadn't been uh, kind of able to receive the claim that she did deserve on the back of. I know it, she it, absolutely didn't because. Oh really? Well, oh really? I believe because, like, if you you know, she entered into this kind of I suppose agreement, slight blood pact here of like I'm to make this the biggest success it can be, and I want it to be a huge success. I must remain anonymous. That's I see. Okay, the, this is the. This whole deal she set up for herself. True. And yeah. it is a hundred thousand percent the success it was because You of, think so? Yeah. Because fact is stranger than fiction. Sometimes fact is not it's, it's, it's in fact stranger. Well, people are really drawn to true stories. Yeah. Because like, there's a lot of it doesn't stuff. matter that every detail but is. She could have been smart. Ninety percent of the details it. were fictitious. What she should have done in this instance is put a small print of like this was partially inspired by mm. a true story, and that would not. And would that have that would have that would have covered her arse? Yeah, I mean, it still would have been uh, yeah, but it couldn't like, to directly use this man's life and help li- him or allow him to be identifiable. It starts yeah. with it starts with the grain of truth, like most stories do. They're inspired yeah, by something, absolutely. but like the way she goes off into this wild, wild world that does living, exist. Yeah. But did she not consider that his living relatives then might have a Well, a they did much later. So um, Scott describes how his parents were Fairly outraged upset, by the... Um, As all his friends by and the neighbours were just naughty. He was into and this. the family... No, the kittens, did yeah. you? The family fell apart. Um, oh, so dear. the parents oh, divorced, yeah. the mother left Pleasance Grove and the whole family struggled with the recurring vandalism of Alden's oh, grave because my God. teenagers were Beatrice recreating now. these events you know from the well, diary. Like, she made a fucking hang of that. the most righteous people that do this kind of unbelievably cruel stuff. Yes, in the right. name of their God. Exactly. In the name of their the God. Rightness. And like, yeah, exactly. Their beliefs. Like, yeah. It's so fucked up. Now, so over think, the years, sorry, yes. over just to wind her down, over the years, Beatrice published many other books. I think the more books she published, the, the, the looser they became and people's, you know, stopped thinking of them as, as real life things. But did people still buy them? Yeah. It's a really, it's like the Christian book market. It's huge. Like, it's huge. It's like the music. And the other thing is as well, like, Massive. she's convinced herself somewhere along the way that, like, the net positive of warning people and children of drugs and the occult is at far outweighs this what I've small family You're that dead has right. fallen yeah. apart and in she's their saying it must, you know, But it meanwhile, must she's somewhere. creaming off, suckling from the teat of deceit. All the oh, while, oh, that, also Jen. she's probably she's probably um, she's taken <laughs> and the stories dick of her shtick. Well, that's what they say. She's taken stories, I'd say, that she's heard that have probably genuinely happened to yeah. some of the children she's counselled, yes. and just put them all together and been like X equals yeah. leads to Z equals Y. Call it fiction, like and the rest just of us yeah, love. Really? just wild, wild things. with that little thing. So I still think that she obviously has a talent. Like as much as people do love a well, true the story, actual writing apparently in the book one. is very bad. Oh, but, but that's because it's supposed to be a fifteen-year-old teenager well, writing in her diary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So one of the th- interesting things about this though is 
Um, she, she goes on to publish other books. It, one called It Happened to Nancy about a 14 year old who dies from AIDS after being seduced by a man she met at a Garth Brooks concert. To Garth Brooks. Yeah. To finding she Katie the name of about Garth abused Brooks, teen in foster care. Yeah. So just like what wild Garth things. What Brooks make of that one? That's fascinating. Um, I've never heard that one. Yeah. So she did at one point actually claim that the stories were all based on real teenagers or that they, com- they were compiled stories from multiple case studies she yes. had encountered. Mm. Which like but you can't do that either. Like you can't say something happened to you and something happened to you when I'm going to write a story that connects the two and make them seem related. I, Unless you're branding it as fiction. It matter to me a lot. <laughs> we've known. We've <laughs> <laughs> We're just here for a good time, not a long time. So let's just, like if you're not hurting anyone, that's the problem here. She's yeah. absolutely hurting real life individuals. 100%. And if it was all fiction... All of itself, right? Yeah. So she, there was no child. Yeah. There was no Alice. There was no counselling teens. I feel like that's fine. Yeah, but in this case, say Jay's vi- story, the Jay's here. diary, Jay's journal, whatever, yeah, their I real life family were impacted. Well, this is your business. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Well, no, I just say, yeah. I do well, yeah, agree Sophie, with... yeah, Sophie, <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? No, no, I don't mean that. The, like, you know, yeah, you would. I mean, like, yeah, you know, you know yeah. more about this than No, me. no, I don't, because I know that there's definitely... God, no, everyone would have a totally different stance on, on what you just described there. But I do think that it's just so disingenuous to call something like non-fiction when, uh, it, tr- yeah, I when guess. it truly isn't yeah. non-fiction I've been burnt especially by a lot of so Bigfoot many... documentaries I've watched a lot of Loch Ness Monster I'm just you speak lied to there's loads uh, of abducted ways. by alien stories what but are you that's talking it? about Loch Ness Monster is real oh what Oh, we need to get. And so is Sasquatch. Okay. Anyway, anyway, that's Fisty cuff. We're not even getting into that right right now, Jennifer, because <laughs> you're just trying to hurt me tonight. <laughs> but um, no, like, there's loads of ways to play with form that isn't lying outright. That yeah. is that is engaging with like engaging with kind of the the art, like the meta narrative thing, or like I'm thinking about say like. With like Texas Chainsaw Massacre on their posters in the original, you know, whatever promo, it was the tagline was it really happened. And the opening scenes of it are found footage. Yes. You know, and all of that stuff is really fucking fun and great. And but it is it's completely worlds away from be bitch face over here. Do you know what I mean? But maybe for her, the train it was such a weird journey. Yeah, yeah. She could see a bottom line. Well, for 100%, sure. 100%. No doubt about she it. Like, she was a commercially astute lady. She was off doing and her podcast. Kind of like prurience. Yeah. I mean, I know like, me and my ivory terror giving out about somebody news. else kind of pouring over prurience details. But like yeah. the prurience de- of like a 15 year old's diary. Yeah. Yeah talking about oh you know what I mean it's so fucking but it's it's, it's scaremongering it's, it's absolutely so scaremongering I just have to I'm bursting for the loo and then we'll get back to it we don't start these fights and then sorry, walk away sorry, I, no, I love we, this we also, story though I we're mean, gonna have so to wrap this in five minutes to get ready for the 7 p.m kickoff yeah, yeah, two seconds. oh it's very it's very it's, juicy isn't yeah it? oh it's so juicy will I give us a quick five minute or little break while she's having a piss go first or, or do you want to cut this out no no Okay, so you know Quora. Of course. Cassie and I's favourite place on it's the, the internet. Can I just say, it's the worst. It's I was on there last night. And I was like, if I wanted answers from inside my own fucking head, <laughs> yes. I wouldn't be on the internet. It's the most annoying place in the it's world. It's so good, isn't it? It's such a complete, like, <laughs> circle like, jerk of logic. Yes, like, you ask it a question. Or, or the, they're proffering yeah. But it's not proffering answers. No. It's proffering other idiots. Other fools. Like you. Do you like though the way the idiots kind of have credentials? I like under the that. answers, it'll be like an answer coming from Lynn, Al- Lynn Allen. Who's answered and it'll many say other things like 25 years in psychiatry and then comma, an empath <laughs> or some shit like that. And you're like, Kora. Okay, so this twi- tweet was um, sent Swat. to us by um, our beloved Harry Bird Boy. And uh, obviously, off the back of me and Cassie's undying devotion to Kora. So here's coming from a user called at Lucy uh, uh, fourteen. She got me with a Roman numeral there. So, well done. It's okay, I think I it's figure okay. out what you were stumbling across. <laughs> Holy tricky dicky, Lucy. Um, okay, so she her tweet is: "There's nowhere online." 
quite like Kuora. And it's just a screenshot from Kuora. Top stories for Lucy. The headline, my husband sent my seven-year-old stepson to boarding school because I dislike him. However, he comes back for a month during vacation. How can I limit his vacation time as much as possible? And that's coming from Lynn Allen. Uh, who says, I am an empath. I feel others' feelings. I understand them. <laughs> it's uh, in a league of its own. Okay. Also, here's some people. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. We were talking mm, about Quora while you were gone there. Oh, love Quora. So, um, I suppose the one of the things about this story that <laughs> sorry, perpetuates it. Got another Quora. <laughs> this just in from Quora. If my 13-year-old daughter is not doing anything bad, what reason would she have to be on quote unquote uncomfortable with me placing a camera in her room? Oh my oh, goodness. Wow. Okay, sorry. Go on, Kath. Wow. Um, one of the interesting things about this was the publisher's Prentice Hall were, despite everything that came out about Beatrice afterwards and the a lot of the purporting that these were written by um, Beatrice, they still decided even after Sparks's death in 2012 to issue a box set of Jay's journal and go ask Alex Alice listing the author as anonymous so, so I'm doing so, nothing sorry, to clarify said, like yes you got Beatrice, me. I think it was very clear that Beatrice was like yeah I did that or I edited it or whatever she's probably quite old now she's no dead. she's dead oh, she, she died in 2012 at 95 um <laughs> so yeah they never they never did anything to address it because they were like sales here are good let's keep it up sure look Mm. You know, fool me once. make that time. Anyway, you won't fool me. You never you can't fool a Thank fool. Thank you for listening. That was we amazing cast. We I are the creep dive, and we'll see you when we see it. God bless. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's me. Just before you go, fancy an old discount code? Head along if you're interested to DinoExperience.ie and enter Dino Creeps thirty capital D on Dino for 30% off on the ticket price. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.